0: Well, hello there, fellow horn Toad listeners, and welcome back to the Clagato Veteran Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 15. And on tonight's Episode 15, I have the International Women's Day theme going on. Well, it's not so much about international woman, women, it's more about the Navajo women, but I will use this to... Um, progress forward with my segment subjects. And the first segment subject will be International Women's Day Acknowledgement. Number two will be Role of Navajo Mothers. Number three will be High Prices Women Pay. Number four will be The Evolution of Womanly Traits. Number five will be Navajo Taboo on Womanhood. Number six will be spousal abuse, and finally, number seven, the last one of the night, is a recap on Res relationships, and I was, uh, having a hard time earlier with the recording equipment, it was being pretty much a butthole, it wasn't working right, I was messing around with it, and I was, um, doing what I could to make, to make sure I got this, um, podcast going, but anyways, um, so it's working now, and, um, And I just wanted to add that little note in there in case um, I don't, I'm not able to upload this episode within the next few days. And I really thought International Women's Day, I knew it was this week, but I thought it was like on Friday, but it's actually on a Tuesday. So that's kind of um, negligence on my side, I guess, my part. But um, so anyways, uh, let's go ahead and start off this uh, episode 15. With a little friendly reminder of an introduction of who I am, Matteo Native Ravager, and um, we're going to go ahead and start off the first subject of the night, which is International Women's Day acknowledgement. Okay, segment number one: International Day, International Women's Day acknowledgement. My point on this is that um, all the hard work women have done throughout the years that have gone unnoticed, but it has made um, many differences for humankind. And I was going to write mankind, but when has man ever been kind? (laughs) Uh, So anyways, um, so that was my point basically of like why I wanted to do this was basically, you know, International Women's Day, um, I just tried to make sure that although I am acknowledging that day, I am more focused on Navajo women. And um, as far as women all over the world, you know, it's uh, pretty universal. I would say that um, a lot of the stuff they have done over the years, a lot of strides that they've uh, been able to step up and um, have the courage to make, there's got to be some guy or group of men that shot him down or stole their idea or didn't give him credit. And, I, you know, had I known that International Women's Day was, was this week, um, I would have pretty much researched a lot of the things that uh, women have done over the years uh, around the world. But, like I said, once again, you know, it was uh, – technical difficulties with my phone. So that's why I really couldn't do much. But um, so while there is, um, you know, uh, let's see, there there are events that women have done over the years to create uh, the first of many things, like um, that thing called a Ponzi scheme. A woman was the first one to do that, but some man got credit for it. And then um, there was another... Um, uh, I want to say it was an invention, or it was—it it had to do something with—I uh, I, want to say physics, possibly even mathematics. But there was a woman that that was the first to discover something about it, some theory, and uh, you know, over the years, she just kind of got left behind. And see, even I don't even remember. But uh, that's kind of like. I don't know if you'd say that's really my fault for not paying attention or writing it down when I had the chance, but it's definitely a subject I can revisit again later. So um, as far as all these uh, women around the world, they're they're pretty much, you know, the um, trailblazers. And also, you know, every human on this planet has contributed something to, to the world, to the living world even if they were, um, you know, physically or mentally handicapped and they didn't have the ability, like an average person did, they'd still made like Helen Keller, you know, blind and, uh, deaf, but she was still a- able to get an education and, um, you know, make a difference. And, and, uh, and <laughs> what we can do nowadays, it, you know, we probably couldn't even compare to how she was able to do all that, but, you know, it's stuff like that where I wanted to really do a later episode on. But, you know, I'll just go ahead and do it with this. Um, and as far as being international goes, the one thing, the reason why I wanted to talk about that, too, being international, is that um, those uh, Middle Eastern women, it's like, you know, i the way those guys are set up over there, man, I just, I just hate to see all these women getting killed and abused because she looked at one guy or she smiled at a guy and her husband caught her and the whole village grabs that beautiful woman and puts her in a pit or something and throws all these rocks and ooh it's just like you know cracking her skull in her face and until she dies from her injuries you know and one time i was um i was doing some research on um oh this is the first time i was ever like doing research on muslim women so I, I typed in Muslim Muslim women. And then um, I was like, oh, man, there's probably some pretty looking, fine looking uh, Muslim women. So I clicked on uh, the um, images section, you know, when, you, when you're looking up something on the, the Internet. And it came back with all these like images. And there was one disturbing one where these guys, they had this lady naked. But they were like holding her legs and her arms and some jag off cut off you know cut cut her neck open and all this blood was coming out because she was like face down you know her boobs were facing down and it was like damn, yeah, man why did they have to do that for shit if they don't want her send her over here i'll take her <laughs> but um anyways so that's why you know i'm saying like as far as international goes i just wanted to give acknowledgement that there are a lot of um you know, uh, women from the past that have really been able to make a contribution to, I don't know, the the world around us, uh, the timeline that we're living in. And it's definitely shaped and structured some certain parts of our lives and living now in modern society. It's kind of gotten to the point now where, You know, they're still in a situation. Women are still in a situation where they're mm, they're still like not acknowledged, but they're acknowledged more than they were before. But at the same time, they're being more sexualized in society. Like, uh, let's take Miss Navajo Nation for instance. Um, That whole thing, I really didn't know what all that was as a kid. All all I just thought, thought was a Navajo princess uh, why well, she live in a castle you know and uh, I didn't really understand that whole thing but as I got older some of these um, Navajo Miss Navajo Miss Miss Navajo Nation I guess you know they were starting to look pretty pretty beautiful I would say they were starting to look pretty nice there it, it was kind of like a, a vanity um, project but and then later on in the past I would say, 10 years, past decades, there have been some uh, Miss Navajo princesses that were not so much on looks, but they were more, I want to say homely, well-rounded as far as um, heritage and culture and tradition goes. They were, you know, they were at that level, but they weren't like thin models that they were getting before. Now they're a little bit more, you know, there's a little bit more chunky. I mean, they were just a little bit more overweight, but I'm pretty sure they really knew their um, their culture back and forth. And then that jumps to um, last year when um, I went to this bike rally and Miss Navajo Nation was there, the one for uh, 2020. She was there at this 2020 event and then um, the new one took over. But During that time, when I went there, I was asking her what her job was. That's when, you know, she was just telling me that she works with the office of the president and works for the president. I'm like, I understand that, but what is your job? You know, that's when uh, we kind of kept going around and around. And um, at the same time, the bikers were revving their engines, and it was kind of hard to hear what she was saying, that she had a face cover on. I was like, fine, whatever, man. Then when the new one came in, I saw her at the um, Navajo Museum, and I was like, "Oh, hey, so you're the new Miss Princess, Miss, Miss Navajo Nation Princess?" I said, and she goes, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I had a question for you." I said, and I walked towards her. That's when her and her handlers, they they took like one or two steps back. I'm like, "Really? You're gonna be afraid of me?" I'm like, "What threat am I? You know?" I'm asking you, trying to ask you a question. So that's when I asked her, you know, what is your job as Miss Navajo Nation? Are you a diplomat? Do you go out and solve problems? Are you trying to look for some extra help? I have a nonprofit I can help, you know, just tell me what we need to do. And also I was going to let her know about the Hummingbird Initiative and let her know that, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. But as it turns out, you know, they just, I got the same answer again. Her handler says, oh, she works with the office of the president. And I'm like, did I ask you a question? No, I ask her right here, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Princess here, you know. And it, you know, it was just kind of left, like, left me with a bad experience of where the hell are we going in our society, our Navajo society, when our princess, Miss Navajo Nation, the representative that's supposed to be welcoming to all people, is suddenly taking back steps away from me. It's like, what the hell am I going to do, rape you in the middle of the day? I mean, that's pretty dumb, you know. And, you know, I I was just kind of like put off by that whole thing. And I was like, man, if there's ever a chance where I run into someone that I know that's running for Miss Navajo Nation, uh, the princess or the queen or whatever it was, then I would tell her, you know what? Hey, man, just find out what it is your job is. Let me know. And then I will, you know, make sure that it's well known. This is what Miss Navajo Nation position is for. Because as of late, Lately, I haven't really been able to, um, I haven't really been able to research that either. I'm, I got the nonprofit thing going on. So anyways, so going back to International Women's Day, I'm not really sure what this day is for. I'm just trying to assume that it's obviously, you know, giving women across the world their own day where they can be celebrated for all their accomplishments and achievements but um, I'm kind of looking at the Navajo Nation. It wasn't really promoted out here. So that's why I'm like, oh, shit, it's on Tuesday? I thought it was like on a Friday because I heard about it, but I just didn't know what exactly was going on until, you know, I was listening to all that. But another thing I wanted to say about this International Women's Day is that um, as far as the Navajo Nation goes, I had some reflection, you know, um of the past women that have, be you know, come and gone, you know, meaning that, oops, excuse me, meaning that they, w- once they reached that puberty age where they could have children, you know, and their children grew and they raised them and then their children got children or their next children had children. By this time, this young girl has grown through all the stages of adulthood, and is now an old lady, an old grandmother. And, um, you know, I, I was just thinking about that generation of women, you know, when they were, when they were pretty much hardcore, like back in the, like my granny was back in the 80s and 90s, and my granny passed away in a 2009. So that's why, you know, she was kind of like the last of a dying breed, I guess you you could say. And the information that she passed on to my mom, you know, that's where my mom, you know, just kind of every now and then will tell me what her mother had told her. But also, she would also tell me about all the harsh ways her her mom made her um, go through as a child, and like right now we're in, we're in march and it's cold so like one of the things they would do around this time is w- what they call lambing season for some damn reason man the cold you know pushes out the lambs so what these uh, elderlies would have my mom and my uncle and my other uncle and you know what they would have them do is wake up in the mid- wake them up in the middle of the night out of a dead sleep and then chase them down to the corral to see if there's any lambs that were born If there were lambs that were born, they'd have to pick them up and bring them back inside. And then, um, you know, they could take care of them there so the lambs don't freeze out there. And um, but then, you know, you got to imagine being, you know, woken out of a dead sleep and then, you know, being told to do a task out in the cold, in the dark. And then you have to do it. And then uh, you bring the animal back and then you're still tired. You know, it's like two o'clock in the morning. And then they tell you to go to sleep so now your time frames all jacked up and then you know you're you're in deep sleep and then they start yelling at you probably hitting you with a stick telling you to get up and catch the bus get ready for school and all that stuff. So it, you know she when she tells me stories like that I'm just like I was like mom are you sure you weren't just like a slave, you know? And but she has said that a couple of times where where she says, "Yeah, we were treated like slaves." And you know, we had to do all the work. I said, what did your mom and your grandma, what, what were all these guys doing? I mean, just sitting around, just laughing at you guys, doing all the hard work. She says, no, they were actually out there, you know, um, butchering or they were um, getting firewood or they're fixing something, the the Hogan or, or, you know, fixing the Corral or something, you know, and um, or weaving, weaving or doing jewelry. So all that is where, you know, those are the type of uh, things that were passed on. And that's why this International Women's Day, I at least wanted to do a podcast to kind of, um, you know, capture a little bit of that essence and say, you know, this is where I'm coming from as a man, you know, this is where my mother has taught me. And my dad was around, yeah, sure. But the lessons I learned off of him was to not beat up and abuse a woman and treat her like trash and uh, drink on her and take her for advantage, uh, not advantage, but take her for granted, you know. So that was the type of lesson I learned off of my dad. But the lessons I learned off of my mother is more like what to do in situations where you don't have the advantages of modern convenience, like a vehicle, a cell phone, um, a handgun you find yourselves in these situations where you know you're pretty much faced against death like you know like with wild animals or um you got a sickness or you got some kind of injury and you're bleeding to death you know what can you do to help you survive to the next stage to the point where someone can help you that's pretty much where um i'm going with this whole thing so uh like i said once again um international Women's day uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head what what other lessons I've learned. Now, talk about international. Here is another um, mind exercise I give I've been given myself since um, since I heard this back, and it was either in middle school or high school. But one of the um, teachers at the time had told the class in China there are women who are pregnant; they're working in the rice fields. Um, they will keep working until they go into labor. And once they, um, have their kid, cause they're going through all that trauma, pushing out the baby and all that. Um, the, I don't know, it's like crime Lords or whoever the hell they're working for. Um, they, they're sent back to work as soon as they're done pushing out the kid. They're like, you know, get your ass back out there and get some more rice, you know, and somebody, like a, like a midwife or something, takes care of the, the kid. I, I'm not really sure how the, the whole story went, but that entire um, that entire process right there, I was like, damn, that's shitty. Because, you know, I know what it's like when I get, like, a headache and somebody tells me to do something. And I was, you know, I, we have that privilege here in America where we can say, I don't want to do that. And, um, you know, we can continue to lay in bed or just kind of like, go back to sleep if we need to. But, you know, a headache is nothing compared to a woman giving birth to a child, you know, a baby. So that's why I just try to say, you know what, if a Chinese woman can be sent to go back to work after having a kid, I really have no excuse to get up and get some work done. Now, if I'm too busy, or I'm just totally burnt out, I will get back to it as soon as I can. But anyways those are like um some of the um mental games that or mental conditioning that i do with myself i'm like hey man get your ass up you know you're gonna let some uh you know some woman who gave birth outwork you is that how you're gonna look at yourself you know so that's when i'm like all right all right all right i'm getting up i'm getting up i gotta i gotta go do whatever i need to do so anyways um yeah that's pretty much where i wanted to just kind of um touch base on this. Um, I wish I would have had the opportunity to interview a female. Um, It really wouldn't matter who. I just would like to hear their point of view and um, rather than just me rambling on. And because like I said, you know, as a guy, yeah, obviously I'm not going to really know exactly what a woman goes through, but I know what my mother went through. So I'm just using that as kind of like a stepping stone to say, hey, man, I'm just trying to bring acknowledgement. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to say that I know what women go through. You know, I'm just like, hey, I'm here. I I, I recognize it. And um, I'm just saying, you know, just keep up the good work. Just keep doing what you got to do. And, you know, us men in, that, in modern society, we really do need to step up and um, learn how to be more. Well, not more responsible but more mature on how we handle some of these women's situations i you know and all situations are different i understand that you know there's some women that just kind of go off the rails and it's just like not even worth being around and they're just troublemakers and all this stuff but for those that are actually hardworking and you know are a decent woman to society you know those are the ones we kind of have to look out for and make sure that um you know we we stand by their side, basically, you know, um, and try to make sure that we, we just work alongside them. So we can also share in that experience and, um, you know, just kind of make the world a better place in a way. Because if anything, this coronavirus um, thing, it has taught us that we just can easily be um, taught to believe anything Uh, the main mainstream excuse me anything the mainstream wants us to know and to hear and all that stuff but anyways so okay well I hope hopefully I um, addressed the this the right way gave it you know proper um, gave it proper acknowledgement because other than that I just don't really know how I'm going to be able to go on to the next subject without really like having said the right thing but I'll go ahead and go on to segment number two. This one will be the role of Navajo Mothers.